Rico, what is RAGPRI? Registered annual great bike ride across Iowa. Big party on wheels is what I say. Welcome to the Luminovation Podcast, where we shine a light on innovation, creativity, entrepreneurship, and the creative people who make our world a better and more interesting place to live. I'm Jim Fox, and in today's show, we're going to do something a little different than most of our shows. Today, we'll take a little field trip to the cornfields, bean fields, and small towns of Iowa. Today on the Luminovation Podcast, we're going to celebrate creativity of a different type compared to what we would normally cover on this show. But make no mistake, though, the folks of Iowa have found a very unique, innovative, entrepreneurial, and creative way to have one heck of a good time at the end of July each year. For each of the past 44 years in late July, people from all over the country, from all walks of life and all age groups, load up their bicycles and camping gear and join the annual pilgrimage to western Iowa. For the next week, they will ride anywhere from 50 to 80 miles per day, sometimes more, as they pedal eastward for hundreds of miles until they reach the Mississippi River. At the end of the seventh day, the riders will dip their front bicycle wheel into the waters of the mighty Mississippi and celebrate yet another successful ragbri. This one week of free-spirited adventure, fun, and pedaling is an event unlike any other. It is the largest bike touring event in the world. Upwards of 20,000 riders take on the challenge and the fun of biking over 400 miles in a single week. As you're about to learn, this event is way more than just keeping those wheels going round and round. There's plenty of entertainment, food, music, camaraderie, and so much more. On a personal note, I have ridden this event for the past several years, and I hope to continue to do so for many years into the future. What you're about to hear was recorded in late July 2017, during day five of the ride. A friend of mine and fellow Ragbride teammate Rico and I set up our podcast equipment on the lawn of the downtown square of Cresco, Iowa, on a Thursday evening. Cresco, like many of the towns that we pass through on the ride, is a very small and quaint town with businesses huddled around the old courthouse right in the middle of town. On any other day, the population of Cresco would be just under 4,000 people. But on this day, the population swelled to over 25,000 people. Tomorrow, the crowds will be gone and Cresco will go back to being the quiet, small, and comfortable town that its citizens have come to enjoy. But for one day, a huge party of cyclists are passing through town and having a great time. Rico and I were lucky enough to get three of those people to sit down with us and share their ragbri experience. It is now time to strap on your helmet, lace up your favorite pair of cycling shoes, and come take a ride with us across Iowa for Ragbri 2017. Registered annual great bike ride across Iowa. Big party on wheels is what I say. <laughs> the registered annual great bike ride across Iowa, and we're currently in Cresco, Iowa, which is uh, I don't know, maybe 80% of way across Iowa, way up against the northern border. We're we're maybe only 30 miles or so away from Minnesota, and uh, it's a, it is like Rico said, it's a big rolling party across Iowa, a very unique cycling event. And we just kind of sort of grabbed someone here on the lawn of the Howard County Courthouse in Cresco, Iowa. And her name is Emily. Hello, Emily. Hi. Tell Hello. Us, uh, Thank where, you where, for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Where are you from? I'm from uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan. Climax, Michigan, to be precise. I know people from Kalamazoo. How cool is it? Yeah, very cool. It's a pretty good place. How did you find out about Ragbri from Michigan? 
Um, my dad has done RAGBRAI for like 15 years, I Whoa. think. Yeah, so he's a seasoned guy. He's like a die-hard RAGBRAI. <laughs> a die-hard RAGBRAI situation going on there. And he found out about it from a friend who's been doing it for even longer. So him and my brother has been my brother also joins my my dad, and they've been doing it for a long time. So, how many ragbrides have you done now? This is my third ragbride. That's your third. So you're you're kind of getting in that category of seasoned veteran as well, then. Oh well, thank you. <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So if you can you so the, Rico here is a friend of mine that I kind of sort of uh, pestered until he gave in and came along, but this is his first time doing it. Uh, can you remember back to your first time doing ragbri? What was your and for you, you kind of had some experience because your dad kind of, I'm sure, was telling you about it. But what was your first experience like? Holy smokes, this is not what I thought it was. Or, well, no, I, I did. I got a pretty good idea from like the years of my my dad's a talker. He loves huh? he loves to tell stories, and he, we actually call him the mayor of ragbri because he's one of those people. He just like goes up to everyone he meets, and he's just like, "Hi, my name's John. How long have you been doing this? Where are you from? Oh, well, your name's Bob. Oh, hi, Bob. How do you say it, Bob? Great." All right, well, that's so, so great. Have a great time. All right, I'll see you later, Bob. I'll catch you on the ride. Bye. Well, you did that so well. Like, <laughs> it's such a thing. So we, he, he, we call him the mayor of Ragbri. The mayor Because um, he will just talk to every single... In fact, he doesn't even like riding with us because he just wants to be... He knows all our stories, so he'll just go up to strangers and, and just start conversations. So... I've been hearing about it from him for for years, and so I kind of got the idea. You know, there's you got what does he say? Like the five basic food groups, the five P's of ragbri is pancakes. What is it? Pancakes. Pie has got to be in there somewhere. I know it. Pie. Okay. Pork. Yes. And I don't remember. Yeah, well. I, but basically, your your food groups are ragbri, and so I, I I knew a lot about it. Could, could party perhaps be one of those pieces? Yes, no, just what I was thinking. It <laughs> okay. was, it's not so much of a party. Party. It's more. Yeah, I forgot. But but so I've been hearing about it for years, and, and then one year I was always like, that does not sound like something I want to do. I do not want to ride 50 miles a day on a bike in the sun. So how much do you ride uh, normally when it's not ragbri season? Do you ride at all? Do you, no. You know, so you're kind of doing this sort <laughs> that of cold every year. That is 0%. So you're doing this cold almost every year. You come in with limited experience since last July and you come in and just kind of struggle through the miles? Well, or? my first year I did 25 miles of training. And okay. I was actually okay. The only reason I did it is to bond with my dad. <laughs> That's a good reason. Uh, yeah. That's a good reason. Uh, wow. And then the second year I did 75 miles. And then this year, just because Shilpa is with me, my good friend, <laughs> who I convinced to come on with me this year, um, she was very nervous about it. So we did like 250 miles. She did wow. 500, but I did like 250. That's so, pretty good. I feel pretty. So that's actually more than what Rico ball. did, and Rico's sort of kind of rocking at this. How many, really how many miles you got, Rico? Uh, before Ragbrai? Yeah. Ooh, uh, under 200. Under about 110 miles, actually. That's yeah, something. That's, that's well, you did. We did about. Oh, 30 well, so, or so a couple yeah, weeks so ago. And then you close about that. 150. Yeah, we'll close about 150. So. That's not bad. Yeah, it's, not bad. something's better than nothing, right? That's what I say. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's very good. So, for, uh, who knows who's listening to this thing, but. Uh, most people in the country have never heard of Ragbri. It is a week-long touring-style bicycle ride across Iowa. We go uh, 50 to 80 miles or so every day, and then the whole world, it seems, camps in a town, and then you, you wake up the next morning and you do it again, and then the party ends in the next town, 70 miles down the road. And it's just seven days in a row of this, are going across the state. Uh, try to describe, both of you guys, try to describe what happens in between the towns. What, what is that like? Is it just 70 miles of cornfields? Is it, uh, what, what is that like? Walk through the day. Yeah. 
I think, so you walk through the day. I mean, just like, what is that like when you wake up in the morning and you get out of the start town and before you end the end town? Yeah, I think the, I think the, so you ride, you get up and then you ride for like 20 miles and then there's some sort of town and that town goes all out for you because the totally town's like a, a population 800 and two, 20,000 people are riding through the town. And so they go, they go all out. You're like a little celebrity for them and they have like little, little um, like sand, banners and, and festivals and stuff like that. And then you ride another like 30 miles and you stop, you take a nap and you ride another 20 miles, you stop, you have a beer and then you, I mean, it's, it's really okay. But I think the, why I love Ragbri is because those 20 miles in between is like the whole world falls away and you have nothing to do. You have nowhere to go except straight, and you've convinced your body to do the same repetitious movement for hours and hours at a time, and it's just—it's like really, really liberating. Yeah, there—I—I I think there is no better way to turn off all responsibilities than coming to, know, to do this event for one week. You just—you yeah. forget work, you forget whatever you light bill you didn't pay last week. You, you, you literally all cannot <laughs> use your cell phone. <laughs> that, that's true. There is no—there is no reception in Iowa. Well, Zero. It, it, it is, that, that is definitely a problem, but it's also a problem that you have a cell network that is designed around 300 people in a small town, and now there's 25,000 people using that network, yeah. so it completely inundates the network. Yeah. So we're actually having that problem right now. There was one person that, that is riding a unicycle across Iowa as part of this event, who I talked to a couple days ago, and he said, hey, call me when you want to do a, a, a podcast. Because he wants to be a part of it. Well, we can't call you him. Can't or call our him. cell phones don't work, you right? Can't call him. So we can't. We can't even. It's it's causing a problem. But if that's the biggest problem we have in Ragbride, that's kind of not a bad thing, right? It's part of the charm. It really is. I would say. I mean, the other thing is that um, when my trick also getting in trick between getting from town to town is is like as audiobooks and so I'll just oh, yeah. like put on an audiobook and like I am at the time yeah. just flies by in fact I just finished The Girl on the Train oh, have you heard of that? I, that's I, it I heard just of came that. out with, from a movie I just finished it today and people were coming up like what are you listening to and I'm like it's almost done get away <laughs> <laughs> isn't that a it was so isn't good isn't made into a movie? Isn't it's already been made into yeah, a movie okay. but it's like a psychological thriller and like my my brother wanted to come and have a heart to heart with me, and I was just like, Donald, I love you. Get away from but me. But not as much as my, <laughs> my, <leave> my <laughs> audio book. My audio book is more. I, I only have 20 miles left, and it's almost done. I've never, I've never heard of audio books. Everyone has music blasting of various yeah. volumes and various genres. But oh, audio books is a brand new thing. I've never heard of that as part of Ragbride. Yeah, and I no, I've never seen or heard anyone doing it, have, listening to an audio book on Ragbride, and it's. It's the wor world, it is the best. So, Rico, so take my what's your take on uh, what happens between towns? If you if, if just focus the next few minutes on after you leave the short town and before you get to the end town, what is that like? Is it your first time that you've only been doing this now four days, five days? Yeah. Uh, what, tell me what you've experienced. Well, you begin to appreciate pickles. Uh, it's a big thing. Uh, <laughs> I, unlike most people, don't always stretch in the morning, so I get I cramp up pretty easily. Uh, especially trying to keep up with you, so. <laughs> what, what kind? Let's talk about these pickles. Like, what kind of pickles? Like sweet pickles? Are, I love you, me, are you a pickle? I love are you a pickle picky? I love me eater? some. Oh, whatever, do whatever eater? pickles I can eat, I'll take. But sour, I believe they're considered dill pickles, right? Yeah. So dill pickles I can eat all day. Yeah. And you know, just take a shot of pickle juice every here and there. But but even in between the towns, you know, that we have around here, I think you begin, you know, you said mentioned 
you begin to not think about your job and, and, and you know your personal life, whatever you got going on. But I, but at the same time, I think you begin to appreciate all of that stuff as well uh, to be able to have a job because when you're sitting there riding a bike in the sun, you're like, I kind of wish I was in the AC sitting at a desk. Yeah. If you'd rather be in your office than out here in the middle of Iowa on your bike, there's something it's, wrong with you. It's your first time. You know, I, I also think that you really only appreciate Ragbri after you've left Ragbri yeah. or in the middle of the year. Yeah. And that's when it starts to soak in, you'll start to miss it. Yeah. And that's how I, I the first year I was like, Ragbri, what's the big deal? And then and then throughout the, the the year progress I started like missing like that that like golden sunset over the, the tops it's, it's of the, beautiful. It's got something on it does something to you. The right? tops of the corn and I started missing like in a cornfield. <laughs> like, yeah. Did you write the other day when it was a foggy morning and it, oh, uh, it yeah, was beautiful? That was, we got some beautiful pictures. Yeah, we did as well. Like the, was, the, the sun was like just beginning to rise and there was like this deep fog yeah. and it was like glistening through the trees and, and there was all like these streams of It was kind of like a war scene almost. Like you see two opposing uh, enemies coming to each other. And, you can only see so far ahead. Yeah. It, it, it was pretty cool. So let's set the scene for the listeners who've not experienced it. So most writers, well, I won't even say most, many, many writers out of 25,000 uh, will wake up way early, wake up before sunup. And sunup up here in northern Iowa happens pretty early. Some folks will wake up at 5 or 5.15 and get out on the road by 6 a.m., sometimes before 6 a.m. So there's there's times that, and we'll, I think, Rico, you and I will see this Saturday morning, We'll wake up perhaps before dark, and you'll be out on the bike watching the sunrise, and it's beautiful because you're seeing yeah. you're seeing the mist coming up off the, the cornfields and the bean fields. Awesome. And that morning, I think it was Tuesday when we saw that fog. Yeah. It was just the, the picture. Yeah. Per, it was a postcard. I, I kind of on the bike. I did something that you really can't do when you're riding at home. Is I took my camera out and took a picture while I was riding at 15 or 20 mile an hour. And but here, there's no cars on the traffic. And I just happened to snap a picture of Rico here, and then the sun rise. And it kind of turned into a postcard. It's really kind of cool, yeah. but it, but it was uh, but it's really something you shouldn't do on regular roads with car traffic. But but on this event, it's it's shoulder to shoulder bikes going in in one direction. There's no car traffic, very limited car traffic. And anyway, I, what I was trying to get out earlier with the question about between towns is that you know the towns are 10 or 15 20 miles apart but every few miles there's some random dude sitting oh, up and selling right. selling Gatorade or selling yeah. watermelon or selling the church selling pie or the, and the a, Amish a, the Am yeah Did you eat so, any of the Amish pie yet Oh I haven't had, had any, any of that Amish yet uh -uh. We, we've had oh. pie but not Amish pie Amish pie is the yeah. way to go my friends But the all the I think locals have seen that stop once oh. <laughs> take advantage <laughs> but all the locals here just totally embrace this event and they actually use it as a way to make a little money for the towns make a little money for the local boy scout boy scout club or whatever they set up they sell pie they sell water they sell gatorade they'll have uh, you, there's a uh, one vendor that sells pasta there's uh, of course mr pork chop is the mainstay of rag uh and of course everyone's favorite ice cream is what Beekman's. Beekman's. <laughs> it is funny how there there are like celebrity staples of yes. you know there's like Chris Cakes, Beekman's, Mr. Porkchop, Pasafari. And Buckowitz, I I've known about for kids. years. Oh, Farm Bro Kids are good, but Buckowitz I've known about for years, but I had it for the first time just the other day with Rico. Uh, but yeah, there, there's definitely some the standard vendors you get, but then the cool ones I think. I mean, everyone likes those, but the cool ones I think are just the random one that's popped up in a church and they're serving biscuits yeah. and gravy at 7.30 in the morning for all the bikers to right. go to. And it's just, yeah, just vendors everywhere. You really get a, I mean, I live in Chicago and you really get some perspective on, on like, 
un middle America rural living. Oh yeah. Because I think that like you know how political everything is now and you know, um, polarized. I think people, at least my my circles, we really disassociate ourselves with rural mid mid middle America and that. And Ragbra is like such a refreshing reminder of the humanity and the, you know, and the lives that like work day in and day out doing agriculture, which is something yeah. that never comes into like There's never I think about agriculture. It truly, it truly is amazing. You you bike 400 or 450 miles across Iowa in a week, and you're seeing thousands and thousands of acres of corn and beans. And you realize that when you walk into Kroger's in downtown Houston and you buy a can of corn, that's got to come from somewhere. And it's coming from right here in this part of the country, right? Yeah. So these guys are feeding America and they're considered flyover states almost as though they don't matter. And that's yeah. crazy, right? That's really, it is really true. And yeah. I, like today I took a, a shower in a, in a, in a pig stall. I know. Isn't Did that you an take amazing? That too? No, not today, because we had a unique route. We'll maybe talk about that a little bit different. Uh, Rico and I took a, a not so quite ragbri route to get here tonight. Uh, but no, but I but I've experienced that before. So describe that the shower scene. We've got small towns with 500 people, and how do you shower 20,000 well, riders? Yeah, it's a pretty small town, but they have a pretty like established um, fairground. And on that fairground, they do livestock, and they do like 4-H is a big community like a community factor here and on the and so and they do it they have like a pig farm on the on the fairground and so they they cleared out the pig farm and they cleared out the pig showers the swine showers and like put up like tarps on either side and they had these stalls and then they were taking free will donations to, for for the riders to shower off on yeah and literally and, like 24 hours ago there were pigs in this, yeah, in this room yeah. and you go in and it just like your eyes are kind of watery because of like this <laughs> the intense smell <laughs> but then and then like there's just like this shower up above and you're like all right let's do it you just strip down and like let's all right let's get get it, it is the most crude group shower you can ever imagine but you know what it works you ride 60 or 70 miles and it some days it's hot some days it's raining and you want to shower and that's the most perfect shower in the world for yeah that day. It's, it was, it's it, was amazing. it was pretty wonderful it was a pretty great shower showers are always good after a long bike ride yeah it was pretty great <laughs> yeah uh let's see so we we talked about the food what about evenings so if you get in from the from the ride and you take a shower you may be relaxing your tent or your rv what happens in the night times at rag ride how is what is nightlife like at rag ride so, Rabbit has actually a pretty hopping nightlife. I don't experience it that much because I'm one of those people who get up at 5 a.m. to get on the road at 6 a.m. That's like how my, my clan does it. But um, they always have these huge, uh, huge concerts and they, they bring in old famous bands. So the other night they had the Wailers from Bob Marley and the Wailers, yeah. which is really cool. Uh, I didn't, I couldn't stay up for it, but I was still very appreciative <laughs> of that. So it seems like every year they have at least one or two nights out of the seven that have legitimate big, big band, name, like big like names. Bruce Springsteen or someone that, that is... Oh a, no, whoa. Not, not this week, not this year they didn't. But, they, did, but some, they did not so they have had, Bruce Springsteen had, come. Uh, who, uh, who did they have? That's but, a big name. It is, but they had, they had last year was, uh, golly, I forget, the very opening night before the first day of writing. Um, Anyway, I forget to do it, but but they have one or two nights a week. They usually have a big name that everyone recognizes. Yeah. And they and. But they won't be like. Usually, the big name 20, isn't like currently popular. Yes. They're like, Springsteen is still pretty. Like he's still like. He's still popping. Yeah, he's still like. A, you <laughs> yeah, know, but they'll do that. They do that because it's kind of very cross demographic that they get something that appeals to most everyone. Everyone likes '90s rock generically, at least at some <laughs> level, right? Or '80s rock. 
so then, so they'll do that one or two nights a week. They'll get a big name that most people recognize, and then the rest of the nights are regional or local cover bands that are usually pretty darn good. Yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. like like Rico mentioned, Hairball the other day, and, and if you're into '80s like big hair band, they are just absolutely crazy. Yeah, they're that, very they good. have good, they have good concerts here. That's for sure. Yeah, but then. <laughs> But then there's also the flip side when you're trying to go to bed. So I go to bed at like 9 o'clock every night so I can get 8 hours to wake up at 5. You're listening to these bands and you're like, this band's pretty good. And then you're like, oh, I hate this band. Let me go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, the main stage usually starts at like 9 or 9.30 and they have a few oh. openers before that. So if you're trying to get to bed early and you're anywhere near the expo and where they do the stage, good luck with that. Yeah, you're not going to get to sleep. It's pretty rough. But I think yeah. that the nighttime is what you make it. I mean, like like Emily said, you can either go to sleep early and get a head start in the next day, or you can, or stay, you can stay in late and start later the next day with the hangover. So it's kind of there's yeah, there's definitely multiple ways yeah. to do rag fry. Yeah. I mean, I, it, there's the people who start at 6 a.m. and then there's the people who start at like 11 a.m. and there are two very different crowds, very di like tsunamis that come into oh, these yeah. towns. The first crowd is like. Let me get my carbs. I need my Gatorade. <laughs> Gotta get my sunscreen on. And then the next wave is like, where am I? What's going on? Hand me a beer. <laughs> so when I first uh, did my ride, I think it was 2014, my first time I did rag ride, there was, and I was just kind of taking it in for the first day or two, there was a small part of that that reminded me a little of Mardi Gras because it's just a weird party <laughs> you can't find anywhere else. Uh, part of that is uh, certainly there's a lot of alcohol drink, uh, drink here in this event for the, for the weeks. So it's just people are kind of in various states of loopiness. But part of it also is just the goofy outfits. You could never imagine that someone in a gorilla suit could ride a bike 400 miles, but they do. There's a there's a, a a bike contraption that had four or five bikes somehow mechanically attached together with a big banana yeah. outfit, like 20 foot long thing. There's a banana biking across Iowa. Yeah. Uh, talk about some of the other goofy outfits or crazy bikes or just out, outrageous things you see. There's this guy, so I have, oh, listeners, I have blue hair. <laughs> <laughs> I have like silver blue hair, but there was this guy, the first night it was a lot more blue. And he, he was this older guy, and he had like a neon pink beard. Oh, that's cool. Because you can tell, so he has just a white beard in I general. I saw that guy. He was yeah. kind of a big, big set guy. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he has guy. white hair, and he just died, and he died from a box neon pink that's beard. That's awesome. And he came up to me, and he was like, hey, hey, and we took a picture <laughs> together. And I was wearing all purple and blue, and he was wearing all pink. And then that's it, was, awesome. it was pretty cute. It was definitely an Instagram post. <laughs> my Instagram. said, hashtag my soulmate. <laughs> What about you, Rico? What are some of the goofy things you've seen this year, this week that you didn't really expect on a biking event? Oh, uh, well, nothing costume-wise, but I saw a dude popping a wheelie. Uh, oh man, riding. yeah, we got to talk about that too. All the goofy rides. Yeah, so he's a, he was on a BMX bike, just popping a wheelie, just cruising. Uh, made it look real easy, but his front wheel that, did not test the ground all week. Yeah, it's it's, an, it's crazy. He was just wheeling it the entire. He, popped, for... he was popping a wheelie. I, on I a, took on uh, I took some video of that while I was riding. Again, don't do that on public streets. But at Rag Ride, <laughs> it's totally cool. But yeah, he's riding a wheelie for 400 miles across Iowa on a BMX bike. That's yeah. got he's got to have some core strength for that. That's tough. Yeah, that's a lot. But but like... then also we saw the the Viking guy. Yeah. Uh, he. He had like this Viking ship around his bike, yeah. and then he had his, his Viking horns on. And but so his bike was, cool. was well, what was his bike made of? It was, uh, was that a, 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 a kayak or canoe? It looked like a, yeah. a aluminum canoe. It was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, so he had a canoe and he had the more or less the bottom cut out of it and a bicycle kind of sort of inserted in there and welded and bolted together. And it's a bicycle with a canoe around it and it was the Viking Viking. So how long have you done rug ride? This is my fourth year. This is your fourth. What made you do want to do rug ride in the first place? Uh, 
So the, the, in 2012, I did a goofy thing, which is nearly as nuts as Ragbri, but I solo rode across Texas, a uh, two-week solo ride, just unsupported. Blew. Yeah, unsupported, just me wow. and the bike. And so it was an outrageous. You must have had a lot of gear. I had a lot of craziness, that's for sure. I had two panniers <laughs> on the back. I stayed in hotels, so I didn't have to camp. Oh, okay. Uh, but I had tons of tools and clothes and backup parts and you know tools, all, everything you'd expect. But so I did that in 2012. Well, wait, then, wait, wait, hold on. Okay. What made you? What made you want to do that? Because uh, that is a, a very unique thing. Okay, so uh, so I, I had started cycling. So, uh, sorry, sorry, I was in audio difficulties there, but we're back and we got cut off right in the middle of Emily asking me why I was dumb enough to ride across Texas. And unsupported across <laughs> Texas. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I had done several rides down in Texas called MS 150s. Those are fundraisers, fundraiser rides for the uh, MS Society and Multiple Sclerosis. And I had done that enough times to a point where that was getting old. I'd done about 10, 10 of those. They were fun rides, but you know, after you've done 10 of something, it's like, yeah, let me find some new challenge. The new challenge I just kind of sort of dreamed up was what is the farthest I can go and still stay in Texas? And so Texas is a big state. It's it's so I've heard. it's about thousand miles across, right? So so I just started dreaming up routes, and and it kind of started at that, and and I figured, well, I'll just try it myself and just solo and support. So you were just like, hey, friends, you know what would be fun if I went across Texas by myself unsupported. Yeah, pretty much. Wow. And so that was pretty cool. So then I did that in 2012, and then I had found out soon after about Ragbri, and I tried to get into Ragbri 2013, and uh, it was already sold out, tickets gone, too late to kind of really figure it out. And I didn't, I know now that I could have just came and yeah, figured it out. Yeah, you could have just come. At the time I didn't, so, so Ragbri 2014 rolled around a year later, and I sure enough I get into that, and I find a team out of Greenville, Texas, and and the rest is history, and I've been wow. coming back every, ever since. Wow. But, yeah, so it's been it's been a, a fun new way to bike across another state. So, <laughs> so what are the lows and highs of your Ragbri experience this far? When you got Rico? Ooh, lows and highs. That's a tough one. I don't think there's really. Start with a low. With a low. That's hard for Rico to do. He's so positive about everything. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I want it, the nitty gritty. I want your emotional rawness. Let's have to sleep under him. Actually, that, that would be <laughs> <a> low. <laughs> Just to be clear, there, there, are, there is a bunk, there is a bunk between bunking? us. Uh, just to be clear, <laughs> thanks, Rico. <laughs> to let you know, everyone, that your host is blushing right now. <laughs> uh, that's I'm, and I'm sunburned. There um, is. So but yeah, so we're in an RV. We've got four bunks in the back. So there, and then there, there's a queen bed up front. And so Rico, Rico and I are in one and two, not one, two of the bunks in back. <laughs> and, uh, and anyway, so he's on the bottom bunk, I'm on the top bunk, and that's been the uh, start of too many jokes. But uh, <laughs> anyway, your low for the week is what? If you can. Yeah, yeah. give me your real low, because there's there's definitely low, like strong lows and strong highs. Okay, well let me ask you that question first, because I need some time to think for that. What would be your lows? Oh, well, now you put me on the spot. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, it's really hard to think about it. I mean, I haven't really had a bad experience here. Yeah, it's been it's been pretty good so far. Let's see. I think my low would be. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been it's been pretty good. My, the second day was really challenging for me. I was really grumpy. We have. I was really grumpy the second day, getting up. And, Did you catch the heat that day? Yeah, and also just like moving your body after the first, like your it's your body like shocks itself into being efficient. You that's know? true. Okay, I can agree with that. And yeah. a lot. That's why a lot of people gain a lot of weight on rag yeah. because your body just like like flips the switch and like becomes efficient, like really fit and like that. 
that for me that was really challenging on the second day and just also if you have a bad mood if you're in a grumpy mood on Ragbri like everything is horrible it could just be the crappiest experience it's just the worst thing yeah. in the world I mean it's so much about perspective it really is so the second day was it was a little rough and it was like hilly and 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 I also don't love riding with people the whole time yeah and my although I love my friend dearly like I kind of like being able to go off so anyway the second day was was a little rough and then I think my favorite part of Ragbri my high was um there is a definite high. Um, oh, just on the second day, it was also on the second day. <laughs> um, me and my friend, uh, we stopped for beers and we got to like chill out. There you have go. A couple beers on the second day and we, and it was just one of those like rag bribe bliss moments. And also I got wasted on two beers. I was not All expecting right. that. You guess what? Dehydrated in this event, yeah. it doesn't take much, right? So. I was dehydrated. I was tired, yeah. <laughs> and it lifted. It just cleared the grumpy fog, and then everything. That must have been towards the end then, because that that was usually yeah, at the craft the, the craft house. The beer tent. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, so it just it just occurred to me uh, um, that we've got people listening from who knows where, and maybe they're in their office, maybe they're driving to work, and. We've never really set the scene there. We should kind of sort of describe our environment, where we're at. We're, we're in the lawn of Edward County Courthouse, and it's probably a 100-year-old building, I would guess. Well-maintained. It looks new, but I, but I bet it's probably an older building. But we're in the lawn of that, and we're here on Main Street of Cresco, and all around us is, I don't know, 1,000 people maybe? Just several of them just sitting on the lawn in front of the, the courthouse, many of them walking up and down the streets at the various vendor booths. Uh, Rico, rattle off some vendor booths you see. Uh, we got the wok stir fry, you got the lemonade shaved ice. I think you have some street tacos out over there uh, on the main street there. Smoothies, two different smoothies. There's a few blocks down, there's uh, various bicycle shops set up in under tents uh, to repair bikes and, and fix them. You got all kinds of food trucks, and then you got bike shops down there on the main street as well to help people with any bike issues. Yeah, and most people are just kind of chilling, totally low-key, relaxing. It has a feel of like maybe a, a county fair or a street festival environment here in the evenings. Uh, it's really kind of a neat, relaxing environment. Uh, tons of food to choose from, lots of calories being burnt, lots of calories being consumed as a result. Uh, it's a nice sunny day. Uh, the sun's uh, maybe a couple hours from setting, but it's a beautiful day. It's uh, not, not too hot, not too cold. Uh, not a cloud in the sky, maybe a few small clouds. Um, what else you got, Emily, on just the setting, the, the tone of where we're at, what we're doing here? The sun's like setting. I think the sun setting is giving it, is giving it that magic. It's a magic hour right now. Yeah, the it definitely sun is. Feels really cool. Really nice. So the, the microphone that Emily is using is a very sensitive mic. We've got turned down a little bit because she's close, but I'm just going to turn it away from her for just a second and then crank up the volume on it so you can kind of get a little bit of the sound uh, of this event. So here goes. Hopefully it doesn't get too loud. <laughs> Not much to hear that maybe didn't work as well as I was hoping. <laughs> but um, there is a cacophony around. Yeah, us. there's just a lot of uh, random noises, just people talking and stuff. Out on the road, though, the sound is at times very, very loud. People have huge, big boom boxes on their bikes. Uh, I've got a small Bluetooth speaker that I carry with me, and I have generally a bit more mellow tunes. But there's people out there carrying trailers uh, on their bikes, like small bicycle trailers and nothing in the big 12-volt car batteries and a huge, big boom box. You can hear that thing a mile away. 
Um, there's mile after mile of no music and just people talking. There's mile after mile of people drafting and going 25 mile an hour and trying to stay focused and stay in the draft pack. Uh, it's, it's really such a unique environment throughout here. Uh, anything I've uh, missed out on, just the environment of on the road out between cities? What, what did you describe I'm more of that experience? I'm still waiting for your lows and highs. Oh, good point. Go. Yeah, so... I gotta, I gotta get mine too. Okay. Uh, let's see. Low is absolutely waking up early. I, I am not an early morning person. But the team that we're with uh, is an outstanding team. I've really kind of grown to uh, develop some good friendships with those guys. But they're all early risers, and I don't like waking up early. It's, it's pretty much illegal for me to wake up before 7. <laughs> Um, so that, that kind of sucks, but turns out once I wake up and I get on the bike, I'm good to go. I, I, yeah. I enjoy it. Uh, the high is every year, every year I totally forget how, how pumped I get, how, I don't know, how quietly internally pumped I get about just riding out through the countryside and just seeing uh, just the, the sunrise, seeing the, the, the wide open rolling hills of Iowa with the cornfields and the beans and just, just the natural beauty, I guess you could say that. That surprises me again every every year, the first day we ride on Sunday. Mm -hmm. uh, so that just kind of has a, I don't know, somewhat of a zen moment of just, just, and I think Rico saw that on me. He's like, what the hell are you smiling about? Why is this good? <laughs> but, uh, but for me, that just kind of, that, that for whatever reason, I'm not sure why that strikes me, but it, but it does. That just kind of, kind of really, um, not sure how to verbalize it, but I, that, that, that has got to be one of my highs for the week, just, just seeing that. Yeah, it is. Rico? All right, so I guess I've I've had to be forced to think about my lows here. So, so if I had a, a just, low, just to, I'm going to break in because of all the people I know, Rico is not one who is going to describe his lows. He is always so dang positive about it. If if, if someone were to hit him, he would think, well, that was the best hit I've ever had. <laughs> he would find a he would find a way to make that a positive too. Anyway, go ahead. The so you don't laugh. That will laugh. If we got some lows in our life. You're absolutely right. Yes, you, you got to take some hits to know. To know how good you got it. Um, if I had a low, well, see, I just graduated college two months ago, so uh, thank you. And I, I kind of, kind of escaped the party scene there. Uh, so I haven't been to a party in well about two months now. So coming here, it's a little tempting, you know, to want to go out and drink a few beers and, and listen to some live music. But at the same time, you know, kind of, kind of jump on what Jim said there. We gotta get up early and get the and get the wheels rolling, you know. Mm -hmm. So, I guess my low would, would would be not being able to have a few beers and wake up. Very yeah, you're well. itching. You got that FOMO. Yeah, yeah. You got some fear of missing out. Yeah, mm -hmm. I know. So I didn't know that acronym. I'm glad you did both the acronym and the explanation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good. That FOMO is real. When she, my friend Shopa, went to go to the Whalers, and I was just like. I was like angry at her and jealous and just like, cause I, but I was like, you gotta wake up though. I just don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. So okay, so that does actually. Especially after just after graduating college, when yeah. FOMO is like a real, like FOMO during college. Hits you hard. Real. <laughs> Hits you hard. It's a real mental health situation. Oh yeah. <laughs> But my highs, on the other hand, would, would actually, surprisingly, I've, I've actually grown a lot of strength the past couple of days. Physical, mental, Physical and mental, spiritual. actually. All of it. I'd go all around. I started this thing very uh, very neutral, just, oh, I'm going to cruise every day. You know, I'm just going to relax and try to keep up with him. And first day I tried to keep up with him, I, it was pretty tough, actually. I, I, I couldn't probably reach nothing but 13 miles an hour, you know, steady pace. But 
now I'm passing this guy up and leaving him in my dust. Damn you for being young. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but it's fun. Like I mean, you you really you really do grow here. And I'm not just speaking from a mental physical point of view. It's kind of like. A, a deeper appreciation for for actually me be the human body and him like saying i'm i'm young yes i get it uh and i and i and i can recover pretty quick and, and i don't want to take that for granted so i definitely want to use that until i can't use yeah. it anymore so that, so let's actually talk about that let's talk about the demographic of the writer so you're you're 23 soon to be 24 i'm not gonna 29. put you're 29 i would actually guess you're younger to be honest yeah, i would have said the same but uh <laughs> good genes yeah, there you go. But so, but there are two of the people in our, our one of the uh, persons in our group uh, that Rico and I are riding with is 74, 75, and an amazing writer. The other two are in their mid-60s, and they're all three of them are smokers. They're all very good. So, so Rico's brand new to cycling, but young and fit and athletic. Uh, the other guys are, are way older, but riding a ton. They're riding three or four days a week at 70 mile an hour. They're doing really good things. And then we got... 70 mile an hour, that's pretty quick. And then you you look around... <laughs> oh, did I say 70? Oh, I'm sorry. They, it seems like that. 200 70. miles an hour. <laughs> Fastest speed limit. <laughs> but, but if you look at... Just randomly look out on the road. I, I hope I'm not being meaning to, to anyone here. But you see people on a bike, right, biking 400 miles across Iowa, and you think, there's no way they could bike 10 miles. Right, just the, they, they just don't appear to be physically fit, but but they're doing it. And then there's there's young 22 year old college athletes that are just rocking it. Uh, yeah, I thought I, I, there was a rumor that Lance Armstrong was here. Lance Armstrong is here it's today. It's actually a block over. And Matt Kenseth of NASCAR and Jimmy Johnson are here. They were all here last year. I, I got lucky enough to meet them out on the road and talk to them. But but they, those guys are incredible athletes. I, don't, I mean, uh, so I guess my point of this whole discussion is that the demographic is absolutely everything. So if you're sitting at home eating Cheetos on your couch watching an episode of Friends and you think there's no chance in hell I could bike 400 miles across Iowa, get on a bike, you'll do it next year. I mean, you, you absolutely can. It's, I mean, yeah. you gotta train. If you're, if you, you I think you definitely train. gotta get ready. You gotta prep. Because if you come in cold, it, it'll be really tough and, 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 and really, really hard to do. But it's very doable. I mean, if you pace yourself, you find a good rhythm, and you, you stick with you know a good crowd, I think it, it's possible. Yeah, and so, so actually, Rico, you're a good example. So part of the reason why I pestered you to come is, well, you're a friend of mine, and I just enjoy your company. But I also knew that you were young and fit. You were inexperienced at biking, but I knew your young youth and fitness would allow you to just come in and wing it, and you might be sore there too, you'd make it. So if you're under 25 and you have any small ounce of athleticism in you, come and do this. You can make it. You might be sore, but you'll get through it. If you're 50 and you're thinking about something new, a new challenging, get on a bike. In a year, you'll be trained and you can come do this. It's it's it sounds impossible if you've never biked, but it's it's truly not that bad. Uh, that being said, our day two days ago, 50 mile route kicked our butt because the wind was was just oh man, that was a tough ride. I got to say that was my hardest ragbri ride ever, and it was and it set it set itself up to be easy. It was 50 miles, short route for ragbri. Uh, and it was not hilly. I thought, man, this is going to be. This is the night where the night before you can go out and have a little bit too much fun. <laughs> That's exactly what we did. And, <laughs> and it kicks your tail because the wind got you. Oh, but but I, I, I don't want to paint that negative picture. I want to paint a positive picture of getting anyone that's. that's that's even got any chance at all of having any athleticism, get out here and do it. And that being said, a couple of years ago, I came across a tandem bike. Uh, I've already told Rico this story, but it's just such a cool, amazing, inspiring story. So a, a tandem bike, and the fella in the front, uh, and these are, this is a, a, a recumbent tandem. I think recumbent is the right word. They're more or less laying down on these bikes. Uh, a tandem, and, and, and both were kind of 
relaxed. I think that's probably recumbent. But but anyway, the guy in the front was was some version of handicapped. He he was not physically fit. His body didn't quite work. I don't know what his ailment was. But but uh, but and then the guy in the back was a big, strong, athletic guy. And together they were riding across Iowa. So that that alone is neat. But when I saw them stop along at a vending station somewhere along the road, the guy in the back got out and. He went more or less picked the guy in the front up out of the bike and more or less set him on his feet on the road. Mm -hmm. So the guy in the front could not get out of the bike on his own. Mm -hmm. Well, I get talking to them, and the guy in the front, his body was shot for whatever. I don't know what his ailment was, but he, he, he was not, wasn't able to move his limbs the way you and I can. Um, the guy in the back, big, strong body, but was blind. Together, they were using their complementary skills to get across Iowa. So if that doesn't, yeah, if, if that doesn't speak to what this is a, event about, is about, and That's that anyone really cool. can do it, you get anyone at home, just just go buy a bike and go do it. And it doesn't have to be a thousand dollar bike. Rico bought his bike off Craigslist for 125 bucks a month ago. So yeah, so just yeah, come and do this event. Uh, it's anyone can do it, and you don't you don't have to be a Lance Armstrong type. You don't have to be a 22 year old you know Division one college athlete, just you know middle old middle aged guy with a crappy old bike can come and do this. So. Well, Emily, I kind of lied to you. I said it'd take two minutes every time. <laughs> I said it'd take up more than that. That's all right. No worries. But, but thanks for sharing your story. Time I think. There you go. There you go. I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. If, before we run out, what would you guess is the average age of the riders here on Rag Ride? Average age, I would say in their forties. In the forties. I would say like I would say early forties. Average. Okay. Average age, because there's a lot. The, there's a large population of older adults here, and there's also a lot of younger, around like twenties. So I would say, so I would say probably like forties. That's probably good. Is a similar answer for you, Rico? Actually, I, I would I would agree with that. Maybe upper 40s, early 50s, like well, the, mid 50s. The other thing you have to consider is Rekka is very expensive. And yeah, then actually, my brother and I were doing the pros and cons of Rekka um, today. And one of the things, it's not it's not a cheap it's not a cheap um, activity to do. So and so that actually cuts out a lot of a lot of people who could possibly do that. You have to get get the gear registration. You have to get here. You have to the food is like every day. You have to you know spend money. So it's something yeah. that like you really have to budget for. You have to budget your time. You have to budget your physical, mental, all, all the things. So I don't. I think that limits like people. Like, the that, amount of people that can come. Yeah, it limits people. But so therefore, I think you see an older crowd. Yeah, but another factor is is vacation time, right? We're taking a, a week off of vacation, and so that's that's hard to come by. Plus, a pocket exactly. full of money. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I definitely think it's the privileged. The privilege who can who can manage to think, like do rag ride, but at the same time, like so that's why I would say it's probably an older. And, and I've seen a lot of families that were, uh, in fact, I've seen, let's see if I can uh, capture this. So I, I saw one with a tandem who, who actually was kind of a triple. It was a tandem with a baby seat folded on the back. So there was three people on the bike. And the baby was a, a year old or something, very young. So yeah. it was a family vacation for them, more or less. Yeah. I've seen other families going out biking individually. I mean, individual bikes, but biking together as a family. So they treat it as a family vacation. Don't go to Disney World, come to Rag Ride kind yeah. of thing, right? So, yeah, that's what we, that's what my family Yeah, so it's, it's all over the place. Um, well, cool. We're, we're trying to just capture the essence of what Ragrai is, and we probably did not do it anything close to justice, <laughs> but we'll keep working on it. But we're here with uh, Emily Lutz, who just we randomly grabbed off the lawn here at the uh, at the overnight stay in Cresco, and and we're also here with Rico Acevedo. Uh, well, thank you so much for Houston. having me. Good luck with your podcast. Very cool. Thanks. Thanks for having us. All right. Take care, guys. Thanks. You too. Thank See you. Ya. 
Let's break out of the program here for a few seconds to give a shout out to our sponsor, Pazometry, the hardest puzzle you'll never solve. If you love working on challenging, unique, and beautiful mechanical puzzles, then you've just got to try Pazometry. P-U-Z-Z-O-M-E-T-R-Y, Pazometry.com. They have three different puzzles to choose from, and all are for sale at Pazometry.com. Check it out. You'll be glad that you did. I want to thank you once again for tuning in to the Lumen Innovation Podcast, where we shine a light on innovation. Now let's get back to the action in Cresco, Iowa. A few minutes after we visited with Emily, Rico and I were able to spend a few minutes with a couple of ladies from the East Coast. Here is Mary Lou and Sarah sharing their very first RAGBRAI experience. We're here with Mary Lou and Sarah, um, and they were eating. I've interrupted their dinner. Yeah. Uh, they were, it looks like they're having some good RAGBRAI food. Uh, tell us where you're from. I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. And I'm from Oak Island, North Carolina. Wow, yeah. so I, I know Charlotte. I don't know where Oak Island is. Oak Island is like on the coast. It's just uh, the Cape Fear River and Wilmington, Indiana, Carolina Beach. Then on the other side, on the south side of the river, towards South Carolina, is um, Oak, Oak Island. Island. Southport, yeah. Oak Island. Um, it's been, just a little barrier island. I've been to Wilmington. There's a really good farmer's market there. That's yeah. where I had my very first Honeycrisp apple. Yeah. It was amazing. Oh, yeah. those are yeah. the best apples. They are, and that's where I learned that they're the best. They're amazing. Well, I'd say second after Fuji. No, Honeycrisp <laughs> How do you guys know each other? From biking about uh, 12 years ago. Um, yeah, I, I started biking hmm. in, well, I guess it's 13 years, 2004, the end of 2004. And I met you. It was right after I had uh, breast yeah, so. cancer. So. Well, that's kind of an inspiring yeah. story that you're yeah. out doing this uh, years later after after yeah. some bad news. Recovering. Bad news. Yeah, I was recovering. <laughs> Very yeah. How many ragbrays yeah. have you each done? Virgin. Awesome. <laughs> that's amazing. Welcome so, to the V Club. Yeah, the v Club. <laughs> All right. So those of you that don't know, there is a, a tradition around uh, ragbrai about uh, that the first people that do it, they there is a tradition of putting a um, a black like a black sharpie V on the back of your calves to represent this is your first time doing oh, rag we don't have we, not yeah, yet. we've allowed Rico to kind of with that too but you'll see a lot of those around this weekend so what do you think of this is your first yeah. time had you heard about it prior to this year what do you know of rag ride before you joined well um, this has been on my bucket list because every supported ride I've ever been on had somebody who's had a rag ride shirt okay and so I asked people and one year, uh, folks from Team Cuisine and Team Gourmet were telling me how they had organized it and stayed at people's houses and cooked them gourmet meals. And so I thought, oh, I got to get on those teams, but I had, hadn't been able to. So this is first year. I asked Sarah if she wanted to go, and she said yes. So we're last year. Mary Lou and I knew each other in Charlotte because that's where I lived until four years ago and raised my family there. And last year we both turned 60, and I do, we've always biked together on a bike team, um, but that's not competitive, it's like, not like a bike speed team, it's like do the MS ride or ride on the there weekend or yeah. a yeah. fun ride. Yeah. So last year was our 60th birthdays, and we, I talked her into doing a sprint triathlon, because I like to oh, yeah. do the things that she are real me com Ooh, competitive. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But she didn't, she didn't um, enjoy, I like to compete, she likes to be athletic, so. She didn't enjoy that so much, but she did it for me. Yeah. And Ragbra was on her bucket list, and um, she asked me, and I yeah. said, yeah. sure, I'd love to do it. Plus, yeah. my family's from Indiana, yeah. and it all works out good. Right. So it's, um, yeah. it's fun to be with my friend and do it. Yeah. So, so I wasn't going to volunteer to ask your ages, but you guys did well, volunteer. Oh, no, I don't so, mind. No, so, I'm 61. 
So I'm almost. I'm 61. 61. Okay, so yeah. that but that kind of helps fill in what we talked oh, yeah. about with our last guest of average yeah. ages and how fit you have to be. And yeah. you, know, you guys are 60 doing your very first track bike, but you've been yeah. doing other events. Yeah, as well yeah, as yeah, yeah for sure. Year, so. Yeah, we're both. Yeah, I've been swimming very for 40 doing, years. Before doing triathlons and sprint. And, Sprint. Yeah. Sprint triathlon? Short. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it's a five-foot triathlon, that's yeah. pretty cool, right? Yeah. It's like, that's, I, that's pretty good. I have, I have to tell you the quick story about the sprint that she bought oh, me the yeah. entry fee for my that. birthday. Thanks. You know, so <laughs> she said, you'll love it. You'll love it. You'll want to do it again. So we get done with the swimming part, and we get done with the biking part, and then I get ready to run. I hate to run. And so Sarah comes up to me, and she says, do you want to run in together? I said, well, fine, but I might walk some. <laughs> Boom! She takes off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was it. it. That Thanks was for it. waiting. Yeah. So I got I, I to get her back during rag bribe or something. So. You, you mentioned a small thing uh, a few minutes ago was, uh, that, that I totally forgot about. There's so many aspects of rag bribe that we could pick the top 20 and spend a whole hour talking about each of those 20. Yeah. But you mentioned post homes, and that's something we didn't mention in our last segment. Post homes is an amazing part of rag bribe. And, uh, so the way that works, and I actually I don't know the details of it as much as I wish I did, but but it goes as approximately like this: where teen or homeowners that live along the route, they can volunteer their homes to allow campers to either live in their, their yards with a tent or to live inside their house for the night. And the hosts hosts are just amazing. They fix you know dinner for the for the riders. They don't even necessarily know each other. They friendships are developed that way so so people that live along the rock can just say yeah I, I can host a couple campers in the backyard or in the garage or in the, in the square bedroom and that's a whole neat cool thing about rag Ryan. and I know that some of the host homes that our team has stayed in this week were friendships that were developed as a result of being a host home 10 or 8 years ago you know random random previous yeah. rag rise that's a, an amazing part of it I think I, I, I could be totally wrong about this but for what I've understood if you're a part of the the rag Bride host home group however that works they're not allowed to charge. You, oh, really? it's, that's my understanding. I could be wrong, but that's what I, I, that's I what I've understood. That if, if yeah. you register as a host home host with Ragbri, mm -hmm. the understanding is that you shall not charge. You just yeah. will open your arms and open your doors for riders. Yeah. And that's kind of amazing yeah. that people do that. We were. What was the town we were at last night? Um, Clear Lake. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I've got that wrong. Uh, Charles City. Charles City, yeah. And there was a, a couple talking about opening up their home exactly like that. They let the riders in and they said, we're going. Goodbye. Yes. And the riders looked at them and the, the host said, you didn't come here to steal anything, so we're going. You know? Absolutely. So they had the whole house. And it's it amazing that cool. there's, uh, there's literally tens of thousands of bikes here at this event. And some of them are worth $10,000. Some of them are worth $100 on Craigslist a month ago. And none of them get stolen. <laughs> My bike. Uh, you very rarely hear of yeah. anyone getting stolen or bikes get messed with. It probably happens. You very rarely hear of it. And almost no one locks up their bike. There's, yeah. you know, I'm sure just right across the street, there's $20,000 yeah. worth of bikes just leaning against the, the hardware store or something, right? Yeah. They very rarely get messed with. It's kind of amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, there's just so many aspects of this event that that are just unusual. What are, what are some of the outfits that you've seen, the crazy outfits oh. and crazy bikes you've seen this, this week? Well, I've seen the the Mondrian bike, which looks like a, a sled, but it's painted with this very abstract, the blue and black Mondrian. Okay. Outside, uh, the banana guy, who have you yeah, seen? Yeah, not just oh, one banana yeah. guy. Oh, many bananas. multiple, right? <laughs> and a banana guy. Yeah. There's been Batman, there's many been She-Ra. <laughs> um, yeah. The Tide team. Yeah. The Tide team. You also see people on like those old kind of bikes where the front wheel was really big and the back yeah, wheel was really Yeah, what are those really called? Those are, there's two different names. One one name is the Penny Farthing 
and another one is the Velocipede. I don't know if those are slightly different bike designs or if there's two names for more or less the same bike. Uh, but yeah, so we saw that bike and the unicycle dude riding together a couple days ago, and I pulled my phone out and, and kind of did a short video yeah. interview with him. And, and how, how the unicycle dude handled the wind of the following day, mm -hmm. I have no idea. But the, the most amazing thing I've seen on this ride, as far as, um, you know, amazing things, what, but it wasn't on the ride, it was walking to the shower. There was a man in a wheelchair. You know how they can pop a wheelie where they yeah. stand back? Oh, yeah. Okay, the wheelchair is on a skateboard. And he's popped a wheelie and is going down the road. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> on a skateboard. Oh, that's amazing. I don't know how he did it. Yeah, I saw him wow. carrying the skateboard, but I didn't see the pop. Yeah. I saw a bike that was I'd never seen before. It was a tandem, but the driver in the back was upright and the rider in the front was recumbent. Oh, I haven't seen that either. So, so there, there's so, upright tandems and then recumbents, but the, you're saying yeah, there's a combination. Yeah, it was a combination, and he was on the upright and she was on the recumbent. Wow. That was, a, that was that really interesting. That is a couple that wants to stay together yeah. and is willing to go whatever. <laughs> we are working this out. I want a bike. Yeah. Hurts my back. They're going the yeah, there you go. Yeah. How are we going to do so, this? Uh, I suspect that if we knew what web pages to go to, you could probably buy that bike off the shelf. And there's tons of bikes here that you can buy off the shelf. But there's also a handful of bikes that are completely 100% custom. Uh, one of those I saw a few years ago, I don't remember last year or year before, was a, uh, an, a crazy combination of probably cheap junkyard BMX bikes yeah. that they had welded three of them on top of each other. So imagine three oh, BMX bikes no. welded one on top of the other. Oh, so the guy fabulous. is riding this eight or ten feet up in the air. And the chains are just a big monstrous chain oh, system going yeah. down to the, and he's, yeah. he is riding this thing eight or 10 feet up in the air and his three BMX bikes weld on, weld on top of each other and he's cruising down the road at 15, 20, 18 miles an hour. It's It's incredible. That's How does he even get on it, right? So, yeah. uh, but there, it's just goofy creativity on, on the yeah. bikes. It, for sure, for sure, yeah. We've got a friend we thought had a pretty sweet bike because she had electronic shifting. Yeah, oh yeah. And uh, I tried out the Specialized E electronic bike last oh, night with the those. boost. Yeah. yeah. So it boosts to 30%, 60%, and then I can't remember what the other, but it's about 50 pounds and you just pedal your regular speed. Yeah. So I was on the street 12 miles an hour, boosted me up to 22 miles an hour. It was wow. just so smooth. Wow, so another thing I, I, we forgot to mention is that this is not just a bike event. Um, there are various types of tricycles, adult tricycles. There are uh, skateboards. I haven't seen them this week, but the last three years I've been here, there's two skateboard dudes. Uh, I just call them skateboard dude. Mm -hmm. uh, and he, I think they're out of the St. Louis area. College students or college age. I haven't seen them this week. Maybe they're here, maybe they're not. I saw one guy in a skateboard. Today? Okay. Uh -huh. So there, but there's, was he youngish, 22, 23, 24? He looked young to me, but everybody looks young to oh, me. There you go. <laughs> but, but there's skateboards, there's rollerblades, yeah. there's uh, there's people that generally run the event. Mm -hmm. I don't know, I've seen two runners I'm this week that. that, well, you're more or less running two marathons a day for oh a week and a, you know, goodness. seven days in a row. Wow, and they're then, running? And there's more commonly, there's people that run half of the day, run to the break town and then get oh, out. Oh, and then, then so, they're done. But there's people yeah. that run it. There's it's yeah. there's all kinds of crazy things on the route, and it's, yeah. it's not just bikes. It's the, the games, you know, and we saw oh, yes. them swinging, what, the Buffalo Ranch or whatever that was, where they were swinging from the tree and oh, yeah, dropping so into the water. Uh, I did that. We go talk about that. Did you well, do it? He talked me into it. <laughs> I would not leave town. I'm, I'm going to puncture both of his tires. <laughs> that was actually, that was, was at the, uh, outside the meeting town uh, yesterday. That was actually really fun. 
it's such a thrilling experience when you first jump. It was like 20 feet up in the air, mm -hmm. I think, and so you jump off and you get that that adrenaline, quick mm -hmm. adrenaline rush, and then you you hit the water and it's an in initial impact because it's really cold at first, <laughs> and then you start swimming and then you know you feel good. And, you know, after biking, I don't know, I think it was about 35 miles at that point. So it was actually a really cool experience. Uh, I did it in full biking gear. I was yeah. going to ask, were you in your bike clothes? I, I did it. He took uh, his shirt off and stuff. I, sh had his, I stripped his, down yeah. except my biking shorts. And yeah. I had I had my shoes on, biking oh, no. shoes. I had my helmet on. I was like, this is right where I'm going no. in. I, I would have went in with a bike if How I could get up the ramp. <laughs> yeah. None. I was just like, this is ragbrow. Let's go. Let's yeah. do it. That, so, that would be the question. How do you drink and bike all the way across Rico, do you care handle this? <laughs> How does that work? You stay exactly. positive. There you go. You hope for the best the next day. So, <laughs> you, so you guys, uh, do, you, do you guys take any of the concerts or anything? Or do you get to bed early? Or how, how do you do that? Well, we, yes we are, and no. The, the, we're with um, a, a, like a company that sags, and so we're generally pr pretty close, and we hear it. We but hear But we have it. not okay. like attended, attended, yeah. We um, haven't had to. So, so you you're with one of the charters is what that's, what that's called. So that's another thing we've not mentioned. Can yeah. you talk a few minutes about how that charter system works? And maybe you're new to it, maybe you don't fully understand it, but tell what you know and, and, you and okay. let the listeners understand how that works. Well, um, I had heard about Bubba's Pampered Peddlers. Okay. And you, you basically register, I think it was back last year, December, or it was January. Yeah, yeah. And uh, anyway, they... I, they're a smaller of the, the groups, and I think they have about 200, yeah, 250. Um, you can have a dome tent, or you could have a flat tent. You can have a queen blow-up mattress, or two twins. They, they uh, provide you with coffee in the morning, snacks, drinks, chairs, shade area, porta johns, uh, discounts on the showers, and they set up and take down and lug your stuff all the way and lug you across the state. So, so awesome. Rico and I, yeah. our team, uh, we're staying in an RV and we have a driver and actually getting a driver every year is hard to do. We've been lucky enough to do that <clears> over <throat> the last few years. But, but you guys are describing this scenario where you're paying a company more or less to yes. bring your tent, bring your camping yeah. gear. Some of them are, they set it up for you. Some you can pay a few decks or yeah. a few dollars less and then you set it up yourself. Uh, so there's there's tons of way to do the logistics of this event. Uh, for anyone out there listening and wondering how do you do that, you can you can get a, you know, there's some really kind of cheapy campers that people just buy a month ahead of time and, and yeah. get bare minimum, put the lights on it, get a license plate, yeah. and bring it across the state. There's some people that carry their tent uh, on their bike with them and bike across the state. And so that's a cheap way to go. Yeah. I think this was about $100 a day is what it averaged. Okay, so it's 700 bucks yeah. a week. It's a cheap yeah. vacation when you and consider it's a week. Uh, it's true when you think about it. Like yeah, that. like a yeah. hotel stay is going to be, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah, we had two hotels on the way here and it was at $300. Yeah, so. and there's there's tons of different companies called, uh, that do that. Pork Belly, Pork Belly Ventures is one of the big ones that come to mind. And they have all different levels of service, the, the tent set up, the tent tear down, the, 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 the food plans, they have all kinds of things. So it's tons of different ways to do that based on your, your budget and your level of whatever you want to do. Uh, I think, yeah, okay, what time do you have to take your tents down in the morning? They have them on the truck. You have to have your, your bags on at seven. And so you don't have to leave. Some people, we've learned, like the, the first couple days, it was really disorienting because you, didn't know exactly what the rules were, and it seemed so weird to me to not have breakfast, you know, to start the day with breakfast. <laughs> but yeah. now I realize that people ride right out of town, and then yeah. there's all these breakfast, yeah. breakfast, breakfast. Mm -hmm. But um, so, well, well, I kind of lost what I would. It took me about three days to learn how to 
um, you start without breakfast. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and then and not not feel like you had to to learn how to Get walk organized. all the way through the town so you could see everything and put your bike there and then go back to what you want. Yeah, yeah. it's a little different, a little yeah. more open, yeah. free environment. Yeah, right. yeah. And that she, there's free water at the end of yeah. almost every town. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's and so you know, it's just you just kind of when you're a novice. And there, and you're, and the whole, all three of us that are riding together are all novices. So yeah. there's nobody to yeah. walk you through. And, the, yeah, and we pretty much split up because yeah. there's just it's impossible to try to stay together, and and it's worked out just fine. You come back, show your photos, yeah. go out oh, to yeah. dinner. Everyone has a yeah. unique experience. They, yeah. You know, you yeah, run into all do. kinds of different people. Yeah. No matter what time of day you leave, yeah. uh, I, I I stop in a town, you know. Uh, one of the, the meeting towns along the way, and you look back at, at all the riders coming in. It's like it never stops. Yeah, yeah like, that, that's. I kept waiting for it to break, you know, to break loose, and it was about the th the day it rained. Then there were oh, less yeah. people, and um, then today there were less people. And I'm kind of suspecting that on Saturday there'll be more because yeah, they, they won't be, be at work. You know, there'll be people. Oh, rag rows happening. Well, there's a lot of unregistered riders as well that don't that register. They just up and do a day rate. Day right, ride. right, right, right. I'm realizing yeah. there are a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. It's it's just it's just a fabulous party for us to stay. It it's is, like yeah. continuous rush hours, but mm -hmm. then stop traffic. Ooh, might as well eat, and then let's keep going. Absolutely. So I described this to people like back home in Houston that have no idea what this yeah. is about. And I, one kind of story, I guess, or analogy that I go to is that we have one event here where a totally clean-cut 50-year-old minister could come and have fun, 40-year-old uh, uh, mom and dad with kids could come and have fun, 22-year-old college kid who wants to go and get drunk every night can have fun, a 75-year-old uh, weekend warrior can come out and have fun. It's the exact same event. What other event can be that cross demographic, and everyone can go there and have have it's equal amounts of different kinds of fun, yeah. and that's such an amazing thing that you just you just don't yeah. you can't find an event that just covers that yeah. much demographic. I, I have to add to your weekend warrior for the 70 year olds. We have found that the 50, 60, 70 year olds are the most avid bikers because they yeah. have the time. Yeah, we're that firsthand. Rico is. Well, yeah. well, and they go to all these rides because they're retired and they have yeah. the time to do it, yeah, and they're serious. Right. They're serious. Yeah, we, we we're here with a group of guys. One's in his 70s, and uh, and the other two are in their, their mid-60s. But, man, they could ride like it's nothing. I, I can probably average a pace of maybe 15, 17 miles an hour now, and they average you know 20 anywhere between 22 and 24 miles an hour, and they make it look so easy. And I'm just like, wait, that should be me, you know, because I'm young. but. It, it takes a lot more experience. It opened his eyes this week, I yeah. promise. Yeah. Well, we, we keep telling the women that are struggling, you're built for endurance, just keep going. Yeah. That's absolutely right, just, yeah. Just keep going. Indeed. It's, it's such a unique event, and like I say, it's just so cross-demographic. Uh, it just it, It's so hard to describe short of just coming here and experiencing it. And that's actually part of what I wanted to cover with this series of podcasts is to try to somehow paint a picture of what this event is like for someone in who knows where uh, California that's never I been here. Say, I would describe it as a rolling fair. Yes. It's like a fair, a state fair. Um, like my little town had Riley Day's um, festival. It's like a festival like that that just rolls from town to town to town until you've gone all the way across yeah. the state. And in between. And the riding <laughs> is not... Um, it, it, you just have to um, be safe and ride your ride. 
Yes, that's a it's big one. It's not like yeah. it's not like other rides where um, it breaks apart and and the fast riders in front. It's it's going. Everybody's mixed together, so yep. you kind of segregate from right to left yeah. and ride your ride. Yeah. It feels a little bit like a friend of mine who went to India once and she's trying to cross the street and she's waiting for the traffic to stop. It doesn't stop. You just got <laughs> to go. It's, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, just shoulder to shoulder of bikes going one direction. Stop. I think we're actually about to get cut off yeah. here. We're getting a maximum limit. But but thank you so much for yeah, uh, being a part of us, uh, Sarah and Mary Lou. Mary Lou. And, yeah. and uh, yeah, thanks, thanks thanks for helping to paint a picture of what Rag Bride is, is yeah, about for all the folks. If, if you yeah. don't mind fingers, you can get, you want me thank to grab you? I don't mind fingers at all. Okay. You're, you're <laughs> welcome to. You're going to some good old food here at Rag Bride, so uh, <laughs> we'll see you all later. Thanks. And that's the wrap-up from Cresco, Iowa, talking about Rag Bride, a really cool experience on a bike. Thank you for tuning in to the Lumenovation podcast. Check us out at lumenovation.com.